All right. How are you getting on? You good? Ah, look. This is it anyway. Feels like we're on the end of it anyway. Huh? Feels like we're coming to the end of this thing anyway, huh? Yeah, look, you're all right. This uh, bearded woman today touched my son. Touched, touched my son's foot. Um, She stopped me and she's like, and I kind of felt bad. I was like, I'm assuming you're vaxxed, you know. Um, I was walking around. He kicked off his socks as per. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's always kicking off his socks, but then she touched his foot and I was like, oh, whoa, fucking rum tum tugger. Watch your fucking going bearded, bearded woman. Um, she go, and then she goes, it's, he's beautiful. And then she goes, do you know what's not beautiful? And I was like, oh God, here we go. Uh, her 13 dogs were locked in a fucking shed and three of them died. And I'm like, and then I said, well, look, at least. There is some beauty in the world, and I kind of nodded towards my son, which is low-key. That's low power, shite power. Um, and she she also thought that was shite power. She was like, what? I'm like, but you, what do you, you know what I mean? What am I supposed to do with that? You're telling me about, you know, dead dogs. I did an improv class um, with a um, phenomenal improviser by the name of Will Hines. And um, he had been doing a couple of improv classes, and he had actually joined us in Mob uh, for a live improv. Um, what we did when we were doing some some mob theater improv, and um, after the class, he was like, "Can I just bring something up? A lot of you Irish, whenever you like you, you, you know, initiate a scene, you always seem to bring up dead dogs. You always seem to bring up uh, like a dog being dead or like a poking a stick at a dead dog." <laughs> I was like, "Really? Like, yeah, pretty much like every scene, there's like a dead dog." I'm like, oh god, you know, we're we're only we're only a handful of years away from people who. You know, God, for the worst thing that could happen on a house with the, 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 you know, the bitch, the bitch of, you know, people don't say that about dogs anymore. The bitch of the, the bitch of the house would have a, a, a litter of dogs and they'd be like, oh, no, oh, no, don't show that. Don't show that. <laughs> and little people were like, fucking give me them fucking dogs. <sighs> I'll take care of the dogs. Just give me the dogs. Just put them all in a bucket. And I'll make sure they find a good home. <laughs> like people, honestly, ask your ask your ma or dad if they've ever heard about what would happen if God forbid the bitch would have a litter of pups. It's so sad, honestly. That's <laughs> so bad. Ah, uh, just a fucking just give me the dogs. Hanging, stapling signs of a news agents being like, "Any dogs need a good home? <laughs> any fucking just any buckets of dogs going? Fucking show me the fucking no promotion, you pricks! <laughs> any, any honestly, I take a good home. I live right by the river. I live right by the river. Um, uh, bring I can bring my own sack. It's a sack. Look, um, um, you know, honestly, we we this nation is built. You know that thing in Vigo, uh, in like uh, Vigo the Carpathian from um, on uh, <laughs> in Ghostbusters Two, where he's like, "I sat on a throne of scars on a river of blood." That is that is the nation of uh, of Ireland, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna move away from this. Uh, no, apparently, well, last thing on dogs. Maybe it's an amateur uh, historian. Um, who listens to this can confirm or deny this. I heard that in St. Anne's Park, there's a wall of dog skulls. Uh, apparently, that's the rumor. Is that the land used to be owned by one of the Guinness children. He was a bit away with the fairies. Um, and 
I don't even know if he killed. Uh, I think he had dogs, and he just he kind of wanted their their skulls on display. And there's a big wall made of that. Um, you know, like that bit in um, like Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where he goes down and sees all the kind of you know the sons of ego, the planet, who are the big load of bones. And I look him go, hey, hey, that's not. I didn't go. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is our first day. I don't know why I keep bringing a fucking dead dog. Do you have a dog? Well, I hope they're very much alive. <laughs> for now <laughs> no no I wouldn't I wouldn't stab him uh, no I do what they used to no I'm not yeah, anyway. um, so you'd be glad to know that I'm in my fucking car again um, yeah out um, out sleuth and speaking of dogs looks like I'm bloody dogging uh, <laughs> uh, in my car I'm out uh, after hours in the car um, uh, with, a, with a microphone um you know, looks like I'm either a, a, a part-time sleuth or um, full-time dogger. You know, no, 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 no in between. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like you're one um, in Nomadland. Um, you're one. Uh, Fern was her name in Nomadland. Watch that! I tell you, I watched that. I watched that yesterday with Terry. You know, and we're you know we still have a one-year-old. So we don't really like it. We don't really like anything challenging. We're not really into anything that makes us like a bit sad, even for a second at the moment. But um, you know, we like watching Lego Masters with Will Arnett. You know, where they keep, they're putting a lot of weights on a Lego bridge. Wholesome, you know, uh, not someone who's having to shit in a van uh, and you know getting sick and celebrating New Year's alone. It got me down big time. You know, but I also felt like I kind of got visited, like it's a wonderful life, like I got visited by, you know, an angel. Uh, like I got, I got the Scrooge, I, got the, I had that, you know, reawakening. You know, oh, what, what, what day is it today? I was just so grateful. I was just so grateful for the roof over my head. And I was so grateful to have, uh, you know, a full-time job, you know, in the entertainment industry, <laughs> you know. Um, and I was so grateful. I woke up so grateful, you know. And I tell you, it totally dispelled this whole... Hashtag van, van life, van talk. Check out. So this is my VN. And this is my, uh, this is where I make my cold brew. And this is where Sebastian sleeps. He's a little sleepy right now. as like a golden retriever, you know, in the bed. You know when you just see someone that rich, you just, you just know by their hair and teeth. I've said this before. Rich people, really rich people. We don't have many of them in Ireland, but really rich people, like hundreds of years rich, look like horses, look like real racehorses. In a kind of beautiful, like kind of, you know, hideously beautiful way, you know? Like a long and like, you know, shiny, <laughs> you know, and muscles in their face, you know what I mean? You just see it in a really rich person. Someone with hair that nice, they may as well have a little Sims diamond over their head, says billionaire, do you know what I mean? Me dad's an oil baron, you know? And that's the thing that I never say. It's always like, here's the top five things I wish I knew or the top five things you're going to need to start van life. And it's like, you know, number one, storage, you know? And no, like none of them are ever have a billionaire father. There's never any of the, you know, but I can just tell, you know what I mean? And we don't, we don't have many of them, thank God, you know? And the people that are, that are you know, or even getting there, they're so, they out themselves so much. They, 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 they almost don't seem comfortable in Ireland, you know, being that rich. They're like, oh my fucking hell, this is a bit ropey. <laughs> this is a bit ropey, you know? Because the whole energy of Ireland is the antithesis of that, you know? Bono had a great, uh, told, told this parable on, on Conan O'Brien. Um, and as you know, I love Bono, but he was kind of uh, talking in defense he was talking in defense, this is how much of a legend he is, of the people 
who hate him. You know, being like, just the thing about being Irish, you know. Um, he's like, tells this parable of there's these two men, you know, uh, tilling a field. <laughs> I clearly don't want to be. I'm, well, I'm not fucking one of them, right? There's two men working in a field, an Irishman and an American. And they are working. They're, you know, they're dirt poor. Um, and they're walking home to their homes uh, after, you know, a long day's work. And they walk by um, this hill. And on top of the hill is a big mansion. And the American says, you know, one day I'm going to live in that house. And the Irishman says, you know, one day I'm going to burn a fucking house to the ground. And that's the difference, you know. The Americans believe in the idea that you can just work your way up and get to anywhere. And the Irish people are like, anyone who's up there is not my fucking cup of tea at all. You know what I mean? Um... I tell you what is my cup of tea, though. The sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, at this stage, you know everything there is to know about the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. You know that they are a cool brand. They're a fine brand and a fine bunch of people. You know their cool, weird folklore history that may or may not be real. You know that they're a, a young, hip, in spite of all that shit I said previously, uh, distillery out of the heart of liberties. You know this. And you also know they make a fine-ass whiskey. From the tipple on my tongue, that's a fine-ass whiskey. Uh, they may be hip and a little young, but they're a fine-ass whiskey. That's not too bad from off the top of the dome. <laughs> um, but in being a cool, disruptive distillery, um, you also got to do a couple of collabs now and then. And they got a great collab now with Rascals. They've, they've, they've done this a couple of times at Rascals Brewery. Um, but now they're doing a new beer cask range. And this one is the Smoked Stout. So as you know, the Dubliner, what they like to do sometimes is take their fine-ass whiskey, put it in a different barrel, age it for a little bit, give it just a hint. Never too much. Never too much. Never too much. Um, but just a hint so it can add to your drink, add to your cocktails. And in this case, they have a, they have a smoked stout flavored whiskey. Um, so it gives you the hint of peat that you might be after. If you're after kind of a smoky whiskey, but you don't want it going too far, you don't want to be like, oh my God, where am I? Uh, Bordnemona uh, Gardens? You know, if you don't want to go too far, um, I highly recommend check out this um, this smoked stout rascals uh, infused beer cask series that they have going on. Go to the dld.ie, get yourself some whiskey, um, and do check out some of the new beer casks. There's more coming up. I can't say, I can't say more about that, but there's more coming up. Um, and also, look, whether it's collabing with breweries or collabing with artists, yes, they are also fostering the arts here in Ireland. Uh, now, do check out, they do a cool uh, project with Tebby Rex uh, doing a modern take on the old triangle, and it's actually class. Check it out on YouTube. Um, but enough about them. Let's talk about me. Uh, enough about the Eurovision and all that stuff. Look, I didn't want to do any research for this pod. I did five episodes talking about the Eurovision, whether it's on this main feed or on the Patreon. I don't want to talk about that. I don't. Uh, one last thing I'll say on the Eurovision. Uh, what was the name of your man who ended up coming last? What was his name? Neil? Was it Neil? Neil Poir? Was it? <laughs> no, I'm not having to go. I'm not having to go. Uh, I feel from actually like the song. Um, or uh, the highest compliment I can give it is uh, I I I wouldn't turn it off. And some of the other songs I would have turned off. Uh, now I felt from. Um, see, I don't want to talk about the Eurovision anymore. Uh, I want to talk about me. And I put the feelers out, guys, to people on my Patreon to ask me questions about myself. And here I am fulfilling my ultimate fantasy of talking about myself to a large audience. So this is fantastic for me. So here, an old school Q&A pod on the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. The Tony Cantwell Shit Show.
<laughs> lovely stuff. Um, I tell you, it's lovely doing one now off-piste, you know, doing a nice pod off-piste, off-topic, you know. Uh, stay on topic, that'd be a big thing you'd hear on the boards back in the day, the old internet boards. They'd be like, um, you know, three cheers for Sweet Revenge, My Chemical Romance album, you know, topic. And then someone would be like, oh, yeah, did you see them on Cribs? And then someone would be like, oh, yeah, did you see um, did you see P.O.D. on Cribs? And then people would be like, stay on topic, mods, mods, ban, ban them, you know. Anyway, the good old days. Uh, we got a question here from, got a question for you, better answer now. I feel like I'm being really obnoxious today. Uh, David says, what podcasts do you listen to? David, at the moment, I'm trying not to listen to podcasts, believe it or not. Uh, I... One of my favorite podcasts of all time is Comedy Bang Bang. I'll tell you why in a second. One of my favorite podcasts is Comedy Bang Bang. It's definitely one that really got me into improv and improvised comedy and turned me on to a lot of very funny people like Will Hines, who I mentioned previously. That's a very funny podcast. It's always consistent. If you want to get into it, I recommend checking out their best of episodes. Or if there's a comedian that you really like, likelihood is they've been on it or someone from like UCB or an improviser, you should check it out. That's very funny. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a while. Um... I listened to a lot of, uh, I was listening to a lot of Kind of Funny, and uh, these are former uh, journalists from IGN, they're, uh, they're a video game podcast. It's not very funny, uh, but I like them, and uh, it's it's not even very good, it's just very consistent, and it gives you like daily video game news, which I read, I listen and read a lot of video game news. Uh, I, I probably absorb more video game news content than I do play actual video games. Similarly to like, I listen to a lot of I used to listen to Wrestle Me, it's a great uh, uh, wrestling podcast, um, where one guy who is, they're kind of two former radio, two radio DJs, uh, UK radio DJs, who have, one is mad into wrestling, one was never that into wrestling, and it's, but one is like, it's encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling, trying to get the other one into wrestling, one WrestleMania at a time, uh, and it's, it's very funny, and I need to be in the mood for it. Again, I probably absorb more wrestling-related, like, YouTube videos and actually watch wrestling, you know. Um, I also similarly like watch more videos breaking down comics than read comics. I'm just I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I'm part of the 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 millennial. I want to see the reaction, not the actual content. It's not a problem. It's just I like it and I I like how digestible it is. Another great podcast I like is Blank Check with Griffin and David. Uh, this is actor um, Griffin Newman and um, film uh, reviewer. David Sims, and they actually started off being in a Star Wars episode, a really weak Star Wars episode one podcast where the whole premise was they'd never heard of anything else. If Star Wars episode one was meant to be the first Star Wars film, then it had to be taken on merit that that everything, that's the first, and that there's no other mention of Star Wars, and they're trying to live in this, for a while anyway, then they give up on it pretty quick, they try and live in this universe where episode one is the only Star Wars content, and what would that mean, and they break it down as if nothing else existed, and try and put you in that kind of thought process of what would, (laughs) which is, which I love, of course, but, um, but now what they do is they basically take the filmographies of directors um, and look at directors who have had early success and then they like so say Spielberg having a huge success with Jaws for example uh, and then being given a literal kind of blank check to make whatever passion project that they want so in uh, Spielberg's case it would have been I don't know 1942 maybe that one the one that didn't necessarily hit 
that you know the crazy off the wall projects that would never be given to like a, a rookie director similarly um i think the abyss would be like james cameron had the huge success of aliens probably what would have been pre-aliens am i, th- am I missing something here uh or terminator of course terminator uh terminator works aliens works and then he can make whatever he wants he makes the abyss you know what i mean so it's about looking at the whole filmography with that in mind uh, and i and i really enjoy it i enjoy wheel of misfortune uh, with Alison Spittle and Fern Brady, I think it's so, it's so fucking raw, and they have such an incredible community of people sending crazy voice notes of shit they did. Basically, they spin a wheel, which is a topic, and they just bring up the most horrible, um, uh, embarrassing, cringy stories um, from personal experience, and it's just so unapologetic. And they've got a great rapport, uh, and I've been a guest on it. So if you want to listen to you know, my episode about school, about a time I talk about uh, entering a slow bike race. Uh, that's on there as well. But I'll be honest, I'm trying to get off the pods at the moment. Um, at the moment, David, I'm trying to get off the pods because uh, I feel like, you know, when you're enjoying something and you're wanting more of it and it's not fully satiating it and it's kind of like a niggling little anxiety there, you know, there's something going There's something going on and, I don't, I, I, and because I don't know, fully know what it is, but I know that I'm regularly wanting things on in my ears at all times. You know, um, not at all times, but any kind of downtime, I, I, I seem to, and I'm not uncomfortable in my thoughts, but I'm, I'm in a habit now where I kind of need to be absorbing a lot of content. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm trying to wean myself off um, podcasts just for a little bit, and I'll come back to it when I'm, when I'm ready. Um, well, I'm still listening to podcasts, but I'm trying to wean myself off listening to as many podcasts. Um, so, and I, and I usually, usually always have a kind of self-improvement, um, you know, kind of, you know, audiobook on the go. I always have a kind of self-improvement one, a fiction one that I barely read, and then kind of um, a, um, I normally have a kind of non-fiction. Um, and a great one I had was um, The Console Wars, all about Sega and Nintendo in the 90s. That was excellent. I'd love something, I'd love something else like that. If anyone could turn me on to anything else like that, something cool and nonfiction like that, but kind of dramatized nonfiction, I'd be I'd be into that. Um, and the the kind of the self improvement ones I've I've listened to are like Atomic Habits. That's a good one. It's nice and snappy and bite sized. Um, and I'm also listening to two Easy Way Alan Carr audiobooks, two at the same time, which is probably not a good idea. Um, this is Alan Carr, you know, the easy way to quit smoking, to quit drinking, you know, to, to you know, quit emotional eating. So, uh, not chatty man, you know. Not like, hey, it's me, Alan Carr, what do you mean? Yeah. Whoa, I couldn't believe it, stop smoking, you know. Not like that, you know. Although I did have this joke, which was, um, I went to the shop to get Alan Carr's book on how to stop smoking, um, but they only had the Justin Lee Collins version. <laughs> so now, not only am I still smoking, but I keep pushing my girlfriend in front of cars. <laughs> um... But that was just there was too much going on with it, and not that same Alan Carr. Um, uh, you, you might not even know who these two people are, but um, yeah. So I'm listening to two Alan Carr books. So one is uh, the easy way to qu- uh, to control alcohol, not quit alcohol. Very clever on that. If they said quit alcohol, I tell you, I would have been uh, I would have been a, a dog voiced by John Travolta bolted if I'd heard that. Um, I don't know if you've seen Bolt. Um, but yeah, uh, the yeah, <laughs> what we're we talking about. Yeah, so uh, it's it's trying to control. I just I wouldn't mind having that in the back pocket. I think I was going through a, t- a time, and it, w- it was one of those where like you know you haven't had a bad one, and you're like wouldn't mind getting on top of this now when I'm not having had a bad one, you know, where I'm not because I'm barely drinking. I'll tell you that's something actually I'm quite worried about was when people go back to pints. 
because I haven't had like pints that level and drinking at someone else's pace in a while. I think we should all be very cautious of that. If you've got like a wedding coming up, I'm going to a wedding in October. Like if you've got a wedding coming up, just team talk before we start. All right, guys, we haven't had pints in a while, okay? So let's just pace ourselves. Go for glasses if you need to, okay? <laughs> you know? No one's, a, no one's a fucking pussy for doing glasses tonight, right? Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm out of habit. Sister Act 2. Um, but uh, another one I'm reading at the moment or listening to, I call it reading, is Alan Carr's uh, Easy Way to Stop Emotional Eating. Um, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to be mindful, you know, and I'm very, I tell you what, I'm very fucking mindful of the fact I put on a stone and a half in, uh, in the last year. Um, and I'm not mad at that. You know, I'm not mad at that. I'm not angry. You know what I mean? You know, you go to Spain, you come back with a tan, you spend a year indoors eating to make yourself feel better. You're going to come back with, I haven't put on a stone and a half. So it's like, I'm, I'm totally comfortable that that's what I'm wearing because that's what I was doing. And I'm not lying about that. Look at me. <laughs> that's what I was doing. You know what I mean? And luckily, I'm, you know, I've, my, my, my weight is yo-yoed for years. So I'm not too, you know, I'm not beating myself up about it. But the thing is, I haven't, it's been a while since I've lost it the other way. And because I'm less active with the kid, the convenience is everything. I just need to do something about it. So, so I'm listening to that. Um, and cycling more. Uh, I got a little foldable bike, <laughs> and I'm cycling around. So, um, but I'm 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 realized now. Look, you can do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I just realized now that the the food, my food consumption, the norms have just been stretched. You know, I would have had a pastry once a month. Now it's like four days on pastries. <laughs> you know, um, and the three days are kind of spread out in the week. You know, eating a lot more bread. I probably went three years without eating bread, and I'm back on bread in a big way. Um, and I'm having these fucking lethal uh, Tijuana paninis from what's it called? Is it called Donahue's Donovan's? It's a little, small, little, tiny little uh, newsagent calf uh, on on Pier Street, and also just it's really cheap. It's like three quid for like this chicken and bacon panini with like a taco sauce, and I'm just lethal. And I love paninis. I I'm totally on the panini like bandwagon. Some people think paninis are shite. My wife thinks paninis are shite. I'm so for the panini. I think the panini's great. I think, fuck you, fucking French stick. Get out of here. When the paninis came in, when the paninis came in in the boom times, man, I was so like, I'm, I'm here for this. See you later, all of the bread. I'm here for the panini. I love paninis. Um, But, you know, it's more bread than I'm used to, and my body's having a reaction in that it's um getting more. So, um, yeah, I know I know you did Naz's, Yasmo podcast. <laughs> He has a podcast check out. But I thought I'd tell you this is what this is the kind of buzz I'm on. I'm finding myself just needing more content in my ears. Um and and yeah, this is just my plan to, to get out of it. Listen to Alan Carr's chatty man. Why don't you just stop smoking? What do you stop smoking? Um anyway, you didn't ask that at all. Okay, next up, um Oshin Flynn says, What's your favorite pub? Also, can Superman Superman outrun the Flash. No, the Flash is faster than Superman. Um, I think that's actually been established many times. Um, I'll tell you what pubs I'm, I'm most looking forward to going back into. Uh, the Long Hall. Oh, I love the Long Hall. I just love the decor. I love the fact that it looks exact same as it does uh, now as it did when Phil Linnett was in there in the music video for Old Town. Um, it reminds me of the Comet, even though I've only been in the Comet like twice in Santry when I was like eight. You know, you run in. My auntie lived around there. Going there, get like a pack of King. Um, and I kind of like that kind of just love that kind of fucking just give me the old the old boozer you know I tell you if you can get the old snug in Bose I don't know if there's a better pint experience on earth um, you know right by the bar 
Uh, that's a that's a quality spot. Uh, I'm a big fan of. You know, I know Guinness Advisor only gave it a 6.5, but Grogan's, man. I miss Grogan so much. I miss standing outside Grogan's. I miss freezing my arse off. I miss seeing so many people going in, getting their bits, whether it's Christmas or whether it's not. Yeah, I just love standing outside Grogan's, chatting shit to people. Um, you know, get sitting, just wrapping up, you know. and uh, or, or just being inside, getting a nice burnt toasty. They're always burnt, and I love it. It makes me so happy, <laughs> you know. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the boozes being open. In fact, um, I got a great suggestion from Ben Clifford, associate producer of this pot, uh, for a kind of um, best pubs to to coincide with the uh, with the relaunch. Maybe I'll do a little pub crawl. Maybe doing a little audio pub crawl. Terry, it's my job. I have to go to the pub crawl. Um, all right, next one here. Um, what we got? Dara McIntyre. When will you perform in Vicker Street, Dublin, Ireland? Um, well. Well, Dara, watch this space. Look, something really cool is happening. I can't say anything right now, but something cool is happening. Um, yeah. Uh, James Catlin, what was your scaldiest gaffer? <laughs> so you're either meaning um, like a gaff party I had or went to or went back to. I've been very lucky in that my friends have been always very hospitable. I've always had friends who have welcomed you know me, me back, so it's never been like too random. Uh, but I've been to a few random gaffers, and I tell you, the scaldiest gaffer I was ever at was uh, went back to this gaffer. And look, I'll be fairly candid, right? There, there, there. <laughs> you would swear that the the place was hosted by the fabulous Mister Mistopheles. The amount of meow meow that was going around, honestly, there was like people just doing doing so much meow meow, <laughs> you know, meow meow, bath salts. Um, and, uh, you know, and look, I, I, I haven't, you know, touched this stuff since, you know, since since the new Amsterdam days. I don't know if you noticed if you're young, but there was a time at about 2007, uh, 2006, 2007, where he- there was a head shop boom in Dublin. I'll do a podcast on it at some point um, where it, you could literally buy legal drugs uh, that were uh, arguably stronger than illegal drugs. Uh, and you would buy them in a hatch, and you could buy them 24 hours a day, and um, it was a horrible time. So this was years after this uh, in 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 London. Now I was I was sh- I was fucking drunk. I was really shit faced drunk, um, and it was a really I wouldn't say it was even scaldy. It was just so weird. Where there was a bunch of there was a girl there who was hosting the thing, and she just get, kept getting changed into different dresses, and she had this kind of. She had this like um <laughs> she had this kind of Asian entourage uh with her. And uh they were just like no one was talking. And I was talking to this young Korean man who had a very loose grasp of English and I was teaching him words. I was showing him things on my phone and just saying the words in in English. <laughs> and I was all like banana. And he's like banana. And then, and then he was like, almost he was like elated with joy when I would say, "Yes, that's right, that's right, Park," <laughs> you know. And he was like, "Yes," he's like, "You're a great teacher. You're a great teacher." And I'm like, "Thank you very much." And I was feeling so good about myself. And I was in the middle, of, and then I was fucking. I was just, you know, I was trying. Dr- I was drinking to keep up with someone else's pace, and they were on. They were on a fucking meows. You know what I mean? So, um, so I. So I, I blacked in at one point. I, I blacked out teaching this young lad, uh, you know, how to say sausage rolls or something like that. And then I blacked in, um, and I saw this woman. 
she was like it's kind of sparkly sparkly hairdo but like a, a bob you know uh, it looked like kind of costume and um i was like oh my god uh, i want a wig sorry can someone get me a wig where's all the wigs where's she has a wig where's where can i have a wig and she one started crying <laughs> and she said to the host she was like i told you my hair was shit and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, that's her actual hair. I've just been screaming at her hair <laughs> across the room for now over the last five minutes. That's, um, there's no, of course there's no wigs. That's a woman's hair. It's another woman's hair you've just offended. And she was really upset. And you know, as like a 33-year-old man, now I would have like left. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. But of course, being like 23, I uh, stayed there for another three hours and just didn't talk to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what you do. You're in your 20s. You're like... I'm a grown-up, but I'm still not going to be able to actually apologize or, or you know do anything about this. That, that's actually awkward and weird, so I'm not going to do it. Um, so that was very scaldy. That was a very fairly scaldy one. Now, to 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 be fair, um, Paul S asks, "What was the goat primary school lunchbox contents?" Look, I don't think you can top the traditional tuck shop meal of you know crisps, can of coke, and a you know and, and a bar of chocolate. You know, so me would be a can of coke, banshee bones. Um and uh, and a Mars bar, um and we had to make Aussie, and he always just had cash. He always had a shitload of cash, and uh, and he would buy, you know, to tell you the metabolism of being a preteen. He used to buy about six Mars bars, and he had this big leather jacket, and he would just stuff them all in uh, in his pockets, <laughs> and uh, and we had, there was a whole thing you had to do in school where in my school was that like they'd they'd ring the bell twice. The first time was to freeze on the spot. And, of course, we all did went full fucking Truman Show, be, like, acting like we were in the middle of walking across Abbey Road. Huh? For us, the first bell. And then the second one was then you would walk to your line and, and go back in. But the whole thing was, like, freezing on the spot. And you weren't supposed to do anything after you froze. You meant to freeze exactly where you are and then go into the next one. It's actually insane. We're all there in our grey uniforms freezing to the spot in the response to this bell. Um, So the bell would... So the bell, I remember one time the bell rang and... um. And he just heard this, like, rustling. You could hear it outside. And I looked over to Ozzy, and he's just taking a bar out of his little breast pocket and takes takes a bite out of it. And um, and the principal ran over, and he was like, okay, come on. And he takes it off him. And Ozzy's like, all right, fine. And he walks away. And the second bell hasn't rung yet, and you hear rustling again. And Ozzy takes it out of his other pocket and takes a bite out of it. And then the principal went back. And you know when, you know when teachers are kind of being, like, cool, being like, well, I can go all day. And they're, but they're not prepared for what's to come. Because then he walked away with the other bar and rustled again. Six times. <laughs> Six different Mars bars he took out from various pockets and just cool as a fucking cucumber every time. So he probably had, and the bites were getting bigger, of course, because he knew they were going to go, you know. <laughs> and I just remember it was the most baller thing I'd ever seen. Uh, was this, um, this nine-year-old <laughs> eating six Mars bars. And I remember there was one... Um, my ma worked in a tuck shop, and it was very sweet. She did it so she could see us at lunch, you know? Like, literally, I only saw her for, like, five seconds, and she just gave me, like, a little sweets and it'd be on the way. And it was so sweet she was there. Never thanked her for it. And I won't, unless she hears this. Um, but, <laughs> so she worked in a tuck shop, and I remember that there was a, a young young kid went in, and penny jellies, you know what I mean? Like, penny. So he went in with a quid, and he bought a hundred jellies. And this woman... Who worked there? One of the mams, because all mams worked in a tuck shop, gave him a hundred jellies, like a basin of jellies, for the pound. And it was like no, there wasn't much jellies left. And she was like counting them all up, you know, like counting up the hundred. 
And like to this child, like this tiny, tiny child, we're like, he gets a hundred jellies there. And he's like, okay, that's fine. One, two. Gave him a hundred jellies. And like her defense, you know, her defense was like, well, yeah, you know, you know, customer's always right. <laughs> like a fucking kid. Um, so that was, I think, I think, I think the goat, goat meal. I mean, I, I couldn't fathom that in better unless it was like, I don't know, unless it was something mad, like, you know, someone would surprise you by having, uh, like American candy or something like that, you know, but I'd be happy enough with, you know, Mars bar, Banshee bones, can of Coke, maybe a tangy, maybe a tangy just for the buzz, you know, keep you going, Reuter Rovers, keep you going over till, you know, and I realize this now, my wife's, my wife's pointed this out to me that, you know, like I used to go on my way to school, uh, I would stop by Centra and I would get four apple lattice <laughs> squares and I would get a liter of apple juice. And I would eat all the tea squares and drink the full liter of, of apple juice. And then by one o'clock, every single day, of course, or probably by 11 o'clock, I was sad. I was depressed. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I never once, and I still seldom do, this is something that's new for me, linked uh, my mood with uh, my diet whatsoever. Or how I could um, focus, or my need to talk, or my need to be jittery, or anything like that. Never once linked um, my 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 food intake into that, um, you know. And I'd rather not know, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Thomas Doyle uh, asks a question, and it's a great question. Who's the absolute worst person you ever met? Uh, like, after a few seconds in their presence, you just thought, ah, fuck this prick. <laughs> you don't have to name names. Uh, but just any mad stories uh, of that kind. I mean, like you know, what what kind of prick are we going for? You know, someone who, someone who's just someone who's kind of like fucking highfalutin. You know, acting like they're trying to put you down. You know, you got some people you meet, and they're like, they crack a joke, and you might give them a courtesy laugh, and then you crack a joke, and they just stare at you, and like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, like dead eyed. You know, sort of like you're like, you know, people just don't laugh, don't even uh, courtesy laugh. And they try and say something like shocking to kind of like you know get your attention. You know, I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you you end up actually just if you talk to them for like five minutes, you know, he seems to like warm their cold heart, and they end up just being sound. You know, those kind of people who just stare dead, like yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. I've I don't. Uh, I kind of just have I kind of have uh, this kind of built in empathy just because I've always tried to find a balance in like why some people have things have good things and other people don't have good things. I've always tried to figure out an empathy. So if someone has a really good thing. Like, that I want, you know? Like, say someone has... You know, obviously I was the first person in Ireland to have Pokemon Blue. And, you know, listen to a previous pod if you want to hear that full story. But it, being the first person Pokemon Blue... If someone else had been the first person Pokemon Blue, I would have been like, oh, shit, well... I didn't know he's terminally ill. Must be terminally ill. You know, for him to have something that good, that good, then it's a real shame he must be terminally ill. You know what I mean? Always trying to find some sort of balance to ba- balance out the fact that... Because, you know... Just just me getting a present for my brother's birthday, you know, I always had to have some sort of way of figuring out the balance of why I didn't have something because it was spoiled, right? So because I would do that or see someone with a car, you know, a big fancy car, not that I fancy, you know, fancy cars, but I'd have to be like, oh, well, they clearly have, you know, small penis. That's why people say they have a small penis because people can't get over the kind of jealousy of people having a big fancy car. So similarly, if people have been really, like, abrasive or dickheady or bullyish, I, I've always kind of thought, oh, shit, they must, it must be, uh, I've always had an empathy for the fact that there's maybe no such thing as an asshole, you know, that people people are just insecure and it comes out in different ways. People brag because they're insecure. People, you know, talk down to people because they're insecure. People, you know, don't want to laugh at your jokes because they might see that as a weakness or they might, 
you know, whatever it might be. It's always it's always some sort of insecurity. Do you know what I mean? Um, I tell you what I can't, what I despise though, is people, people who have a, a bad temper and they take it out on other people. And I kind of don't care then. I kind of don't care. If you have some kind of thing stewing inside you and it doesn't occur to other people, you have my complete sympathy or empathy. But if you now as a grown adult haven't been able to figure out your temper, um, you know, and that comes out in various ways and you're being kind of cruel to people, I can't get behind that. And we were, I was, I'm not going to give any specific. I'm going to be very careful here not giving any specifics. But I did work. I won't give any specifics here. I worked um, with on this project and there was someone involved in the making of this project and they were a little bit older. And they, real vibe, you know, real fidgety, real like a lizard, you know, but like looking around, not things to slag, but things to do a big fucking pseudo intellectual verbose bit on, you know, and I know that's me saying pseudo intellectual and then verbose. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, and real kind of fidgety, you know, and a bit older. So there was younger people kind of there and they were laughing about stuff and references this person didn't get. They brought the room to a standstill to talk about why they don't get what's going on and making this big trying to trying to top the joke because they don't get what the hell was going on and just being really loud not being able to read people at all you know just being but also really really passive aggressive because we were we've got this big long email and the email was too long it was obviously too fucking long for what the thing was and um then we were all kind of chatting about the thing and someone said look can you maybe just summarize the email you know because uh, i'm not exactly sure what we're meant to focus on, what someone else in the group is meant to focus on. Um, and they were like, well, if you actually just read the fucking email, you know, acting like not even good enough, not even good enough at wearing the mask to come across as passive aggressive, just outright aggressive. But, you know, out, out of courtesy. Do you know that sometimes out of courtesy, I'm going to read that as that you were joking. Do you know what I mean? But uh, the mask kept slipping throughout the rest of this thing. And uh, towards the end, it was a it was a long project towards the end. Someone just asked a question at the end, and I know I, I'm so sorry these aren't giving you two, you know, no specifics here. Um, but just for the sake of this, someone just asked one question about how they wanted the, the jump to be done, and then this person just screamed, being "Just do it as it's fucking written! Just fucking do it as it's fucking written!" And I was so tired that I, and I'm not a brave man. I was all like, don't you fucking dare. Don't you dare talk to someone like that. How dare you talk to anyone like that. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's wrong with you talking to someone like that? And this person's older than me. You know, I should be like, oh, daddy. But I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, and like it totally ruined the whole vibe. Of the, and then big, long, you know, apology and, you know, all this stuff. But um, I'd never seen, I'd never seen anything like that. <laughs> you know and i hate i've had that ha- happen to me a couple of times and 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 not not like you know like in retail or in in, in sales i mean like since being in the entertainment industry <laughs> like i get like i got this call a while back a while back about and again i can't just again I can't risk going into specifics and someone just calling me absolutely flustered because uh, you know they forgot to do something essentially something landed on their desk they forgot to do something and they were asking me if i could do something for them do do a bit of work um for them and i wasn't booked in to do anything for you know i i you know normally require a bit of notice you know and it's not like a live thing it's not like it was like a live event that i wasn't showing up for something else and um and them calling me and i was like well no sorry that's just a bit short notice i can't come in today i can come in first thing in the morning i could come in 
any time the rest of the week. Um, but like it's two o'clock now. You want me in there in an hour? I I, I can't I can't do that. And I got and then she said, <laughs> this woman said, okay, Grant. Well, look, I mean, I know you're you're meant to be doing a bit of work with us on this. Um, and I, but if you can't come in, maybe we'll just find someone else to 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 do the work. You know. And I w- I'd love to say that I told her to go fuck herself but let me just start to, but i said oh no sorry i literally i was like shrink 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 i'm a boy i'm a boy i'm a boy um and this person in middle management um is um this the eight foot uh, vampire lady from resident evil 8 now all of a sudden you know and i i'm a child uh, and i was like okay you know no i will oh, sorry i'll come in no sorry i will come in you know um just them kind of passive aggressive is this a joke if it's not a joke, you're an asshole, and I'm shocked by this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so I did. You know, I, I went in, and I was like, oh, "I'm not like I'm never doing this. <laughs> I'm never doing this again." You know, again, I'm the luckiest man. I'm the luck fell into a barrel of tits. I'm the luckiest man in the world. But um, I, I am not. I'm not taking. I can't. I'm not, I'm not taking any. Like literally, honestly, the stress from the young fella today. Not not been able to shit. And, and missing his nap. Like, I, I'm, I have enough stress. <laughs> enough stress. Because, you know, you, you someone in your office is passing the book. You know what I mean? So I was like, no, nah, it's fine. Like, if you say, you're going to sack me. You're going to sack me. Um, I mean, I'll go over your head about it. <laughs> but, you know, if you, are, if you feel the need to try and do a weird little flex here, that's totally fine. I have no real issue with that, you know. At least I'm trying to. But this was like early days of just been on very little sleep and with the kid and everything. And I was, but well, never again. So passive aggressiveness, or it's actually just, a, it's actually just. I keep acting like it's a double bluff, but it's just people being directly aggressive, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and confrontational. Um, and then I'm reading it as kind of wow, this cool kind of double bluff. Are they joking? Are they not joking? When they're really not joking at all. And it's very clear they're not joking. But I think. Um, I like to. I'm gonna start taking things at face value and say, "Can I just check? Are you threatening to not um, renew my work if I don't respond to coming in with within an hour's notice when I've got a child uh, at home?" Um, you know what I mean? Just put, shine a shine a big old shine a big old calm light on it, like dogging. Um, okay, next question. Um, what's your best piss story? <laughs> and mad happen. Ridiculous location next to a celeb. Um, my dad pissed next to uh, Mel Gibson uh, before. Um, he talked about it a lot. Um, my best, my, my, I've mentioned it on the pod, was my piss story was when I was in Temple Bar and I uh, literally just started pissing. I only started pissing and a guard showed up as I started pissing. Um, and literally, like, the first drop hadn't hit the ground. And um and then and so he was just standing there looking at me, and I didn't say anything, and he didn't say anything, but because the piss kept going, and of course he's a fucking man, he knows I can't stop once I start, but it looked like, it looked like he saw me start the crime, and then acknowledge he was there and continued the crime, like saw me stab the guy, and then while maintaining eye contact, go stab 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 stab. I'm sorry about this. Stab stab stab. You know. Uh, and then he then he told me off, told me off for that. But you know what? Should have been like, bro, you got a cock, am I right, my friend? Come here. You strike me as a man who has a cock like myself, eh? What would you do? <laughs> you know what would you do, my friend? You got a cock like myself. I didn't want to have to queue to go into an establishment. 
My friend, what my friend, please, what would you do? <laughs> you got cogged on myself. Oh, that's another thing. That's called the gaff that I was at where where Mr. Mistopheles. Um the person there was a person there who had a load of like hand poke tattoos and one was literally from his hand, from the back of his hand up to his shoulder was a hand poked tattoo of a cock and the balls were on the hand. You know? And uh, at, the, at the time, I was like, that's badass. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome you did that. But I got some very shit tattoos, so um, I can't um, I can't throw stones. Um, Nick Kennedy. Uh, Chansey, Clefairy, and Jigglypuff. Fuck, marry, kill. Okay. I would marry uh, Jigglypuff. Bit of personality, keep me on my toes. <laughs> Hope I don't bloody fall asleep when she's singing. She draw all over my face. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the old cartoon. Uh, I'd wear the absolute hole off Chansey with the egg. Um, like you know, little pouch. Marsupials have always a bit. Of, I don't know, a bit of a soft spot for marsupials. Um, and Clefairy, I think, is outright ugly. And not that I want to kill the ugly, um, but doesn't appeal to me in a, in a romantic or intimate level in any capacity. So Clefairy, um, I'd put Clefairy in a Pokeball and I'd fuck it off the sea. <laughs> I'd fuck her off the sea. Okay, is this any good? Thank you very much for dealing for, for accepting this as a pod <laughs> this week. I'm just, I'm totally spent with the Eurovision stuff at the moment. Okay, um, all right, uh, Tom asks... A ranking of your favorite movies that you've cried to, going from slightly sweaty eyes to full on Tuscan Raider. Um, right. I mean, the first movie I remember trying to hide back my tears was Ghost, um, and I uh, and I sometimes watch it. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm seldom that hungover where I want to hurt myself and and watch something that upsets me. Um, I seldom get that bad anymore, um, which is great, <laughs> which is great, um. But, uh, yeah, sometimes I watch that scene. I just want a quick little, you know, feel alive. Um, and, like, all the strings of Unchained Melodies playing again. And he's all, like, uh, he was, like, Patrick Swayze. And the fact that Patrick Swayze is an actual ghost now. Um, you know, and he says, the love, Molly, you take it with you. And I was like, wow, I don't really know what that means. That's just the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. And to me more with her big wet eyes. Um and then as well, I cried in the Naughty Professor when Dave Chappelle's laying into Clump. Because um, it was a bit chubby as well at the time. And I, I, that hit me hard. And, um, and my ma was just trying to be like, you okay, you okay. And I was like, what you fucking... You know when he's getting bullied in front of Miss Purdy? And I was bawling my eyes. I thought it was so cruel. And I felt for him. And something hit a nerve with me. And, uh, and <laughs> I don't get emotional about it now. Poor fucking Clump. <laughs> such a fucking shit film such a shit film now but at the time groundbreaking he's playing all the same characters wow um, um, and then they just changed out Jada Pinkett with uh, Jan Jackson um, uh, oh, I tell you I mean this is the thing I'm so comfortable now watch Coco again I watched Coco again and she's like, Grandma Coco Grandma Coco remember me and she starts singing as well and oh my god, just the animation of her little fucking face. Oh, I was bawling. I was bawling with Terry. Um, and I like that. And I like comfortably bawling with my wife. 
bald at uh well, I wasn't balling, I was crying at Nomad Land and I really enjoy really enjoy crying. Um <laughs> uh, I wanted a good one off soul, didn't get a good enough one off soul. Thought they was a coward's way out at soul. Um I think you should have stayed permanent. No, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it, but um Alright, you, you you did ask for a ranking. Okay. I would say the and the on the lighter end of things um let me actually know uh, uh, go the heavy the heaviest i've ever cried just because the state i was in it could have actually been after that scaldy gaffer was um watching her uh spike jones film with joaquin phoenix um and the end of that oh my god i don't know why that hit me so hard i was i was me and terry were just mute we were mute <laughs> and i was just tears falling beautiful beautiful tears just tickling down my face. It felt amazing. <laughs> it was great. That was probably the hardest I've, I've cried in recent memory. Ghost is the hardest I've cried. And I was just like, I was inconsolable. Um, E.T., I was like, fuck off home, you ugly twat. Get out of here. You loser. Stay to you. How, give me nightmares. Give me uh, thinking that you're chasing me up the stairs. <laughs> you know, piss off. You know? Um. So yeah, the the heaviest uh, Lion King at the time, I was like, I just it was incredulous. I just I don't believe you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dead. And then I, and then and then eventually Timon. By the time I kind of came around to the idea, Timon and Pumbaa were there, and I was like, oh, here we go. It's fine. I don't like to cry too too hard at that. Um. Yeah, Ghost and Her for whatever reason are probably the two I've cried the most. Time. Up, I you know I just had never seen that and so sad. Like, I don't think I'd ever seen it that sad. The other ones are, like, kind of beautiful goodbyes and things like that. But Up is just outright sad. And that... Is this any good? <laughs> um, yeah, Ghost and Her, this, this Spike Jones film, for whatever reason, that just hit me. Hit me hard. Um, Ian Clean says, You ever been in a fight? You ever been, I want to see some real scars. You ever been in a fight? No, he says, have you ever been in a fight? Um, yeah, I used to get in so, I used to get in so many fights. I used to get in too many fights. Um, I think that, but I've hung up my gloves now. I realize I'm very bad at it. I've said this before in the pot. You know, I, I, I honestly think, you know, I would not enter a crochet tournament uh, to say, you know, with my life on the line. Or I would, you know, where if I lost the crochet tournament, I'd have my head kicked in. I would never do that. So I don't know why I would ever enter a, a fighting tournament of all my skills. That would not be one of the strongest. So I would not. So, you, you know, you just got to view it like that, you know. You're now asking me to compete in this sort of competition. Uh, and it's a fighting competition. And you seem really eager. Do you know what I mean? You know when it's like a kid runs up to you in school being like, do you want to play Top Trumps? Do you want to play Marvel Comics Top Trumps? And I'm like, are these your Top Trumps? Um, you know, obviously know these Top Trumps. You're very enthusiastic here. No. You're all right, because I think you're going to win. It's the exact same thing being like, you want to fucking go? Being like, I don't want to play your top drums, because I think you're going to win. You know what I mean? And it's fine to admit that. You know what I mean? Like, we, there's a bit of toxic mas masculinity that assumes that we, we know how to fight when we've never, you know what I mean, never once fought, or at least won, or at least showed any promise, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, unless it was throwing a pillow really hard at a couch, you fucking dickhead. Andy, you dick, and throwing a pillow at a couch. You know what I mean? Didn't really show much promise there. Um, so why would I enter? So I haven't really had a fight since I was like 21, last fight I was in, outside the Harcourt Diner. Ended up in St. James's because I was boot, booted a lad up the arse so hard it hurt my foot. 
Um, turned out it was fine, just a sore foot. Um, although he smashed my glasses now. Um, that's that's the thing. You never know what the rules are going to be. Are we doing this ethically or are we not? You know, he could be gouging my eyes. You know, I can't I can't predict that. So I I have been I've been in a lot of fights, but I haven't done it recently. You know, um, I used always used to always be running my mouth. You know, not running my mouth, but I didn't want anyone fucking talking down to me. Now you can say whatever you want to me. Now you can say anything. You know, it's like that's your reality. I'm not going to enter your, you know. Can't goad me into some sort of competition here, um. But yeah, I used to um. I got in one fight, and this was a stupid mistake on my part. Um, uh, I got in a fight, and um, then my mom came to pick me up, and this one was like twelve from like this from Marino, and uh, my mom picked me up, and I would look like I'd been. I mean, I had my head kicked in, and I got beat up by two two guys. Um, long story short, one of them called me fat, and I lit one of their bikes on fire. But like, I you saddle. You know, it wasn't go go up in flames, but I tried to light his, his, his bike on fire. Um, cause he said in front of girls. Do you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, if I had a nuke, but all I had was matches. So, um, tried to light his bike on fire. Man came over, pushed me. I think I threw the first punch. Um, you know, and then I learned very quickly that is, I'm totally in it in my depth. But anyway, I had my head kicked in by these guys. Um, well, not physically, but I got beat up by these guys. And then my mom came to pick me up, and I was so conscious of the fact that I tried to set this guy's bike on fire that I'd kind of started the fight that I didn't want to get in trouble with my mom as well so my mom was like oh my god what happened like I look like you know look like shit and um and so I just said rather than saying look mom I've been in a fight um it's fine though you know it, they stopped it and you know I have I don't I don't really see him around that often anyway you know rather than say that which would have made sense my mom would have been relieved with that I said um it wasn't my fault. Twelve lads hopped me. They said they're coming back, <laughs> you know, and I was not good. <laughs> that was I was terrified for weeks, you know. I'd be leaving the gaff, and she'd be like, "Oh God, don't go!" And I'm like, ah, "I'll be fine. I'll be fine." And then I'd come home, and she'd be like, "Did you see those lads?" And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" Oh no, uh, they're yeah, they're, they're not around. <laughs> they were yeah. There was some rough enough boys in Marino. Remember one time there was a guy, and his whole rep was like, I just remember people saying, "No, he's really bad. Like he hits girls," and I was like, "Fuck." Jesus, like this is the sort of etiquette we're talking about here. You know, he's like, oh, he hits girls. Like he's, you know, he's he's, he's beating up girls. I'm like fucking hell. But he kind of didn't. He wasn't carrying himself like a schwa. You know, like he wasn't. He wasn't. There was no fuck all shapes on him. You know, um. But he definitely had this kind of static energy, lizard kind of vibe. Um. And uh. And I was cycling my bike around. Um. I was for whatever reason this summer. You know, you're you're on a bike all summer. And, like, everyone sits on the walls and you're sitting on your bike. You're always just there on the bike, one foot on the bike, one foot on the ground kind of vibe, you know. So this summer I was cycling around my bike. And um, and he goes, oh, here, give us a shot of your bike. And um, earlier on my mate had said, look, people have, been at, people have been robbing bikes. And what they do is they ask you for a shot of your bike. Then they cycle it off. And then they come back. They leave it in their gaff and they come back and they say, oh, sorry, man, I crashed your bike. Look, it's it's around this area, you know, and then they, they point you in the wrong direction, and you go, and you know, they're, by the time you come back, they're gone. I don't know why they don't just take the bike and then completely disappear, but maybe it's oh shit, someone must have taken your bike after I crashed it or some shit. I don't know what the whole plan was. There were, were children, um, so I'd heard this, and um, and he says, "You can have a shot at your bike," and I said, "Oh, I'm actually cycling home. Sorry, man." And he goes, oh, no, that's fine. Yeah, well, why don't you fuck off home? And if I see you back in this fucking green again, I'll fucking kill you. And I was like, <laughs> so I was living in fear. Just living in just living in a state of fear. Just that summer. Just a bit of fear. All summer. You know what I mean? Um, 
there was another tough boy from um, another tough boy from Marino, and sort of like you cross over, to, you know, the other side of the road. So I saw him coming down the road, crossed over the other side of the road, and then he came over to my side of the road. And I was like, that doesn't go bode well. And you, know, you can feel a static, you know, like Halle Berry as Storm is just going to come down from the ground, like ding 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 ding, ding or Raiden's showing up. Um, uh, so he crossed over, and he was like. Are you fucking slagging me, ma? And I was like, I don't even know your ma. Why would I slag your ma? You know? And uh, the lads were slagging me after that. Anyway, he beat me up then. <laughs> he smacked me like three or four times. Um, and the lads were slagging me, being like, why don't you say no? You, you were act, you were giving them to, you were talking too much. And I was like, don't fucking tell me I did that wrong. <laughs> don't tell me I did that wrong. They were like, you sure? Why you just kept saying, I don't know your ma. Why did you say that? Why didn't you just, why did you bring up his ma? And I was like, I didn't, I just, he, I, he said I was slagging his ma. So yeah, it's not for me, not for me. The old, uh, the old. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna start jujitsu now when, when people can, just, just so I can have it, just so I know, you know. I don't like the fact that my my older brother can kick my ass, my younger brother can kick my ass too. But you know, my my older brother now is he's into his jits, and uh, so I'll 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 have to be looking at doing uh, some jits anyway. Um, Rebecca Griffith asks, uh, what was uh, one of the most awkward moments of your life? Something you wake up in the middle of night and still get the fear of it when it pops into your head. The worst one ever, hands down. Um, and I've talked about it a couple of times. Maybe not in the pod, actually. I think I talked about it on a, on a panel show. Um, where I <laughs> I was in... My brother was like... So, basically... We're in the schoolyard, right? You know the schoolyard where they ring the bell once and you have to freeze and then the yeah, before. So we were in the schoolyard and I was like asking my older brother if I could hang out with his mates, and um, and he's like, "No, you're not hanging out with my mates. You're not. We're we're doing cool, cool boy stuff. You know what I mean? You don't embarrass me. You know when when that two years is like the biggest two years." And he was like, "Don't." And eventually I pestered him and I was like, "Please, just let me hang out with your mates just for you know just for the lunch break." So um. I pestered and pestered him. He's like, right, fine. Just don't fucking say anything. Just don't say anything, right? Just be there, right? So he brought me over to his mates. And uh, I went over to one of them I thought I knew. And I was like, what's the story, Anto? And he goes, my name's Anto. And my brother just looked at me. And was like, don't do this. Don't do this. And I'm like, well, that's just what I call you. That's my nickname for you. In fact, I got nicknames for all you boys. And I just went around to each of these lads just making up names, just acting like this is what I do. I just call people names, and I'm like, you're, you're red, sir. Some ginger lad. Call you s- spots, chap of freckles. And I went through each lad, you know. And then, I, and then I got to the end, and there was Anto. <laughs> I should have started on the other end. There was the actual Anto. I just mixed up the two lads. Um, and me, like my me, and my brother's like, stop. Stop was miming, stop. And like everyone is dead quiet. All you hear is the sound of my, sh- my shuffling school uniform as I'm walking around to these boys, pointing and making up names on the spot. Um, yeah, that's 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 kind of that's pretty rough. <laughs> that's pretty rough. Um, all right, one more. Um, all right, Robbie Graham says, Where in the name of God are the adventures of Fuckler disappeared to? I believe you're talking about my uh, my teen drama, uh, The Frigid, starring Boner and Fuckler and the boys. Um, it's it can't, It's been over a year since I've done it, and that's the mad thing. These things just fucking slip away. So here, here's my commitment to you next week. Next week, season two, 
kicking off boners adventures uh, in my uh, my teen drama, The Frigid. It's coming um, coming next week. There you go. There you are. So glad you asked. And uh, thank you very much, everyone, who submitted questions for this. Uh, questions for this pod were submitted through the Patreon. Um, and look, let me tell you this. If you like this kind of format, I do more Q&As over on the Patreon. In fact, I do loads of stuff over on the Patreon. Um, I've, I've done episodes on, like, my favorite emo songs. I've done, like, the Star Wars prequels. I've watched Home Alone. I do movie reviews. I have... Um, it's, it, people have argued that it's a better podcast <laughs> over there, become a little bit more relaxed. Um, and I like doing it. Uh, I like doing both po- podcasts. But in general, if you just like this podcast and you would like to maybe give something back in exchange for getting this podcast for free, um, maybe you've been listening for a while, you thought, you know what, I'm maybe in the position, maybe I got a new job, maybe my circumstances have changed and I can throw this guy a couple of quid, feel free to do so over on the Patreon for the equivalent of a price of a pint a month. Um you can get four extra pods uh, every single month. Um, you can also, now it'll become more interesting, and more on this later, uh, when uh, gigs start happening again, you get uh, early access to all gigs that uh, will be will be sold, <laughs> will be on, or whatever. You get early access to gigs. Um, you get early access to merch, all the merch that I put out recently, um, which I'll be doing more of. I'm going to be doing that on a kind of seasonal basis with different things from the pod. Um, you get first dibs on that. You get first dibs on everything because I love you. I love you anyway, but I love you if you're over there as well. And I, because you've been generous to me, I want to be generous to you. So, um, but also I want to thank someone who's been generous for this pod, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Go check out their new Rascals um, Smoke Stout Beer Cask range uh, over on the DLD.ie and check out their Owl Triangle uh, on YouTube. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, thank you very much, Dubliner Irish Whiskey. And look, I'll be back here on Friday if you're over on the Patreon. But if not, I'll be back here with Fuckler on the boys. Why not? Next Tuesday. And I'll see you then. All the best. Bye-bye. It's only girl will shut your